Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast with me, Kia, where our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by simply sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with the mental illness, and of course, to normalize the mental health conversation. It is Monday, and it is an amazing week. You know why? Because my book will be available tomorrow on Amazon, the paperback and the Kindle version, Saved and Depressed, A Suicide Survivor's Journey of Mental Health Healing and Faith. I am super excited because y'all, this book has just, it's just a labor of love. I poured everything of my being into that book and I hope that it will really help to move the needle in the mental health uh, conversation and getting more people of color to talk about their mental health and especially, you know, people that are part of the Christian faith um, to really know that it's okay to pray to Jesus and see a therapist at the same time. And so I'm super excited, you guys. So let me let y'all know my goal is to sell 100 copies in the first 30 days. So I need y'all when y'all get y'all books to hashtag saved and depressed and tag me in it. And when y'all get the book, I need y'all when y'all read it to write reviews on Amazon. My goal is also to become an Amazon bestseller. And I believe that once I do that, that will I'm speaking into existence to one day to be a New York bestseller that is also on my goal is so but we have to start off small and so I'm really excited I just I can't believe like I can say I'm an author and I wrote a book and it's just it's just great especially because I you know talk about the darkest time of my life and overcoming insecurities and just really being transparent and vulnerable and that book is just truly a part of my healing process and so I just want to thank you in advance for your support and yeah so be sure you guys to just blow up Amazon there's more than enough people who listen to the podcast where we can, where I can exceed my goal of 100 books in the first 30 days. So I need, I truly, truly need your support, you guys. Also, I, y'all, you know what? I'm going to just wait to tell y'all, but I will be speaking in New York. I have to get the venue, the, the venue and the time. The event is free. I just don't know all of the details yet, but I will be speaking at a conference, I mean, at an event in New York on May 30th. And I will be sure to share that in my email list as well as post it on social media. And as soon as I get the remaining details, I'll be sure to let you guys know. So if you're in the New York or New Jersey area, May 30th, um, if you can, please come out to the event. I know it's gonna be in the evening time. So it'll be after work. And that's a Thursday. So I, as soon as I get the date, and I mean, I'm sorry, I have the date. As soon as I get the location, I'll be sure to share the event bright link with you all. I believe it'll be event bright link. I just know it'll be a register link. The event is free, but you do have to register. 
So I'll be excited to meet anyone who may be in that area and just say, hey, I listened to the podcast. I would love to to meet you and chat with you. Um, Also, you guys, on May 31st, if you are in the Washington, D.C. area, I will have a table at the Pier Resource Fair in Gaithersburg. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave that link in the show notes. It's free. It's a resource fair. So there will be so many mental health resources. So not just coming, you know, if you want to get a signed copy of a book for me, but there will be so many resources for your mental health and it's going to be a great fair. So I want to encourage you to come out to get some resources for your mental health. And also, um, my head is all kind of all over the place. On May 22nd, I'll be leading a workshop on suicide prevention with the We Fight Foundation on May 22nd. So I'll also leave that in the show notes. If you are in the Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, um, that's happening too. And then I have more events coming up as far as book signings and events that I'm working on um, throughout the month of July. So y'all stay tuned for that because July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, but May is just Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I'm really excited about today's interview because we are going to be talking about uh, transitioning to a plant-based diet and my goal really with the podcast is to incorporate wellness tips overall. I know we haven't really done like the mind, body, and soul segment, and that's just because I'm really just trying to play around to see which format works best for the podcast. So y'all know I've been working, I'm on this holistic journey, and I've been transitioning to the things, the foods that I eat, the products that I use um, when I'm cooking, the products that I use when I'm cleaning, the products that I use on my skin, and I've really been on this holistic journey, and so I really see the benefits in uh, decreasing the amount of chemicals that we use, and I really want to share that. I know I'm not perfect, I'm not like I'm 100% plant-based. But I am definitely getting there. And so I really wanted to have this conversation to just talk about how to, you know, make practical steps to incorporate a plant-based diet. Because so many people think it's expensive. They think it's impossible. It's too hard. Um, It does require planning. But I'm really excited about today's guest because Monique of brownvegan.com, she also has her YouTube channel called Brown Vegan. And she also has her podcast called Brown Vegan or her blog. She she has recipes. She does so many things that are like practical steps to incorporate veganism into your lifestyle. And she does it for families. And so I feel like a lot of times for people who have families, it may be they may be like, oh my gosh, it's too expensive. I can't be I can't have my whole family be a vegan. It may be a little bit easier for me because I'm just by myself. But this is someone who's a mom who's married and incorporates veganism into her family's lifestyle every single day and that's what I love about the things that she's doing because I've just been researching like black vegans on social media and on google and that's how I came across her and I was like I want to make sure that I'm able to incorporate some of these things so let's get into this episode and let me know what you guys think Welcome to okay. the podcast, Monique. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I am super excited to have you on the podcast for so many reasons. 
So my podcast, you know, Fireflies Unite, um, it's so funny because I always tell people like the podcast is not about bugs, y'all. It's not about insects. It <laughs> is. I say that Beyonce has her beehive and Kia has her fireflies. So for me, it has been about bringing light into darkness. And that's essentially what the fireflies do. Um, it it came from a really dark place. So I am a suicide survivor. And I've battled with anxiety and depression ever since I was 12 years old. And I started struggling with suicidal thoughts at 12 years old. And as I've gotten older, they became progressively worse. And that eventually led me to my attempt. And I was forced into the hospital by the police. And it was just this entire journey. And I was like, you know what? There are so many great podcasts that are out there that are usually from the perspective of the mental health professional. But what about the consumers, the people who are being treated? And I really wanted to give people who struggle with mental illness, no matter what it is, whether it's schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression, panic disorder, the opportunity to share their story, specifically for people of color, um, especially Black people, because we think we could pray everything away. And I'm like, y'all, we can pray to Jesus, but we can go to therapy too. We don't have to pick one over the other. Um, so that has really, that was like the birth of the podcast. And as time started to go on, I really started to incorporate, um, wellness, um, not just into the podcast, but just in my life overall. So I have been transitioning to more of a plant-based diet for, I'll say about the, since the end of 2017. So originally my friend, she watched What the Health and she was like, oh, I want to, she was like, I want to do for, I don't know, I can't remember how long, if it was like two months or three months, she was like, I'll cook all the meals, but I want to, would you be interested in doing like no meat? And she, I was like, well, if you cooking, and at this particular time I was staying with my friend, I was like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. If I don't got to worry about cooking, I'll eat, what, I'll right. eat whatever you cook. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the journey. And interestingly, she, my friend, she fell off and she started going back eating meat. And I never went back to eating meat. And so I was like, well, look, I've been doing it for a couple of months. And by this time, I was like, I'm about to keep this momentum going. And before I knew it, December 2018 came around and that was what, like, you know, maybe about like 15 or 16 months that I have not had um, meat. And I was just like, I started doing more research. I have a friend who I went to college with and she's completely vegan. Um, My friend and her girlfriend, they have like a vegan um, cookbook and they've been like, they live overseas and they're like always posting their meals and things like that. And so I was telling her, like, yeah, I really want to do this. But I'm like, it just seems so hard. And I was like, cheese is the hardest thing for me to give up. And and then she, like, really deterred me from, like, eating eggs. She's like, you know, you're eating eggs. You're eating a fetus. I was like, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I told my mom, I was like, one time I said, oh, it's like having an abortion. You're eating somebody's abortion. <laughs> I know that's why. <laughs> I know, I know that's extreme, like really extreme. I heard somebody say that and I was like, yikes, that would turn me off on it too. Right, I was like, okay, thank you for telling me that. Um, and so I just said, you know what, I'm just going to take baby steps. I'm not going to compare myself to anyone's journey. I am just going to 
make little changes over time. So it started with, okay, we're knocking out cow's milk and now we're doing almond milk. We're knocking out the meat. Now let's try to find some meat substitutes. So it's just been like one thing kind of at a time versus like, I'm not going to do all these things. I got real ambitious one time and I told my friend, which we'll get to later in the interview. I had told my friend, I was like, I'm about to go alkaline vegan. Okay, I got this. I'm watching all this stuff. And then next time I was like, girl, you better calm down and put your (laughs) gravitate into this talking about some. I was like, okay, yeah, I don't think I could do that. So then I was like, okay, let's let's be more realistic. So I want to ask you what what like made you transition to becoming vegan? Yeah, well, first of all, I never, ever, ever thought I would be a vegan. You know, like, <laughs> never. Uh, I grew up near PETA. Are you familiar with PETA? Yes, the organization? Yes, I grew up mm-hmm. near them. So my, I always saw vegans as being, like, really crazy. And I never wanted to be associated with that community. So um, it wasn't until, I would say, around, like, mid-2008, I read a book called Skinny Bitch, and that was the first time that I saw veganism from environmental, factory farming, animal cruelty, health perspective. It was the first time I saw veganism that way. And I was like, okay, well, I'll try this vegan thing because, you know, I want to eat better. I want to do better for my kids. My kids were really young at that time. And I was like, I want to do better. And (laughs) what happened was I tried it for like two (laughs) weeks. And it did not work for me. I was like, no, this is it's too much. And the only reason I was vegan during that time for those two weeks is because I was terrified to eat anything because that book scared me so much. I didn't even know it was a book about You're veganism when I read it. When I started traumatized. And, right, I was traumatized. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't do this. There's no way that I can eat what I, you know, eat meat and dairy now that I know what I know. And so, like I said, it was a vegan for, I was a vegan for two weeks because I survived off of like apples and sunflower seeds and water because I didn't know what else to eat. (laughs) And so after those two weeks, I was like, okay, well, let me just go ahead and be a vegetarian because that just sounds a lot easier. It's kind of similar to what you said about alkaline. You can't, I don't think that the average person, I mean, there's some people out there that can do it, but the average person can't just go from like, you know, Chick-fil-A to alkaline vegan the next day. You know, it doesn't really usually work Mm -hmm. like that. So I decided to be a vegetarian and I was cool with that because I was still able to eat out. I didn't have to really think about anything. That worked for me. I had no desire to be vegan after that because in my mind, I had already tried to be vegan and it didn't work. So I was like, okay, I'll just be a vegetarian. And I actually came across a book called Sister Vegan. And it kind of drew me in because I was like, oh, wow. So black people are vegan because at that point, Everything that I saw about veganism was from white women. It usually was not even black women included at all. And so this book is like a collection of stories from uh, black women from all walks of life in their journey to veganism. And it inspired me so much. I remember sitting in my cubicle, you know, reading on the job. (laughs) And I remember like saying to myself, oh, man, I have to do this. I'm going to be a vegan. And I was excited, but I also was just really, really nervous about it because you know, I had a husband and three kids, and I wasn't sure how we would be able to do this. And not only can we do it, but I wasn't sure what the hell I was doing. So I was like, how how can I change everything? Because I knew that I didn't want to cook meat anymore after that. I was just, I felt so convicted about it. I was like, I'm not eating meat, and I'm not going to cook it. So if they wanted meat, they would have to go get it on their own because I'm not doing it. And so, uh, yeah, that's why I decided to become a vegan, just by reading some books and just um, resonating with some of the stories in there. 
And I decided to actually become vegan for ethical reasons, which is, um, it's funny because I mentioned PETA and you know how they are all about animals and stuff like that. <laughs> you know how PETA is about animals. Mm-hmm. And for me to be, decide to become a vegan for ethical reasons, it's kind of, it's kind of comical in a way. Cause it's like, I, I'm not really an animal lover, but I have compassion for all living beings, people, animals. Um, I do care about making sure that the environment is good for my children, my grandchildren, and future generations. So I feel like my contribution to this lifestyle is much more than just me and my health and the health of my family. It's like, what can I do to preserve um, not only the quality of our life, but just the planet as a whole? And so, yeah, that's why I decided to become vegan. It's so interesting that you said that. So I was um, interviewing um, interviewing my friend on the podcast about her journey because she not only had the gastric sleeve, but before she had the sleeve, she went alkaline vegan and she lost 200 pounds in like 19 months. Wow. Yes. 200 pounds because she, her heaviest weight, I believe was 627. So she lost 200 mm-hmm. pounds when going alkaline vegan. And then she kind of like stuck, was stuck, kind of hit like a stagnant um, or she would kind of plateau. And then she had the surgery and she lost 250 pounds. So total she lost 450. And yeah. so she, um, she was, you know, talking about, she was like, she just wanted to do something different because she just kind of went real drastic because she was like, I can't like, I need to see something else for myself. I want to become healthy. And I said, it's interesting. I was like, it sounds so mean of me. I was like, it's not from, it's so interesting. So I was listening to one of your podcast episodes and you were talking about how it was like, yeah, they say a lot of black people aren't vegan. I mean, they, they aren't necessarily vegan because for you, it was you and a guest and you're, you were talking about you guys are vegan, you know, for obviously not just, it wasn't initially the health reasons. It was like, oh, the animals. And I was the opposite end of that. I was like, this sounds really mean. It's not that I don't, it's not that I don't care about the animals. Um, But for me, my initial response was, I was like, well, I want to do it for health reasons was because prior to me having my procedure done, I had a lot, I had some issues going on with my liver. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm way too young to be having these issues. And I know this has to be linked to my diet because at that point I had got to my heaviest weight of being 239 or 240. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this has to be linked to my diet. What are the things that I'm eating? Not to mention, I started one of my friends. She's like, you know, on like a holistic journey. And she introduced me to like essential oils. And so like I started incorporating essential oils. I also like like change the products that I've used. So like my um, detergent, they're like plant-based. So like I really started like my makeup, like all my Mac and stuff, I started throwing everything out. And I was like, no, I want to make sure that even the makeup and the um, the things that I put on my body, I even need those to be plant-based. So I started like swapping those out. I like changed my deodorant and I was like, okay, so now that I'm getting the products and stuff together, I was like, okay, because it's not more so not just about what's going into my body, like through my mouth, but like, what am I putting on my skin that's being absorbed into my body? And I don't think that people, people like really put, connect those dots. So I, so for me, I was like, okay, yeah. And then over time, I started to think about the, 
um, I started thinking about like the animal from this aspect. So I started thinking, well, if I was I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder and generalized anxiety disorder um, in 2015. And so I my friend had said something to me that really stood out to me, like with the way that the animals are treated and just because, you know, they don't know how to communicate um, in the way that we communicate, they still experience like sadness. I'm not saying uh, animal. And trauma, too. trauma. Right. All that stuff. Like, even if you think about, even if a person is a dog lover, it's like people find it gross to eat a dog or a cat, but you go eat a cow. I'm like, what's the difference? They're both animals. Um, and so for me, I started thinking about like the trauma. Um, like you said, I also started thinking about like, if they're feeling sad, the, the things that are being injected, the hormones being injected into their body, it's changing. It's, it's like changing their body. And then I'm also consuming this. And then if they're also feeling sad and possibly depressed, I truly believe that energy transfers. So I feel like when I'm eating this flesh, this thing, I feel like then I'm, like my mom, so my mom was like, so you saying you're not going to eat the chicken because the chicken is depressed. I'm like, yeah. She's like, because it's going to make yeah. your depression worse. <laughs> yes, mommy. Yes. I'm not eating the chicken because <laughs> it probably was depressed. And then it's probably going to make my depression worse because it was a living thing. And that energy, like even when we die, I don't truly think that yeah, we die in the physical sense, but our spirit still lives on. And so I take that for me. I apply that to animals. And so I, I wouldn't say like, I'm like, we'll walk around with this like t-shirt and be like, you're an animal killer. But like, for me, it that was like, initially it was like, okay, I need to get my health in order. And then I started thinking about, okay, the animals. Um, and so it has definitely yeah, I mean, been a journey. Yeah. Cause it doesn't matter. In my opinion, it doesn't matter how you get here as long as you get here, because I started for, um, animal rights reasons um, to protest factory farming, but I'm also like you. I'm not somebody who is going to wear a t-shirt. I'm not going to judge people. I'm not going to make people feel like crap because I feel like I felt like vegans made me feel like that when I was a kid. So I don't. I never want to make anybody else feel that way for their decisions, especially because I am someone who is not perfect. I don't pretend to be perfect. So what do I look like judging people? You know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. Um, I started my journey for, like I said, the ethics, but these days I'm leaning more to the health because there's so much, so many benefits to being vegan for health reasons. So I, it doesn't matter, in my opinion, how you get here as long as you get here, you know, and you can do it for so many different reasons. It doesn't have to just be one. But uh, I like to mention the animal rights because um, I feel like in our community, it's, it, it looks kind of weird. Kind of like what you were saying. You were like, oh, I'm doing it for health, which is an amazing reason to do it. But I think sometimes with the animal rights perspective it's more of a conviction and i think that gives you longevity in your journey opposed to um, if you don't if you're somebody who doesn't have health issues you want to be vegan but it's likely it's in my opinion it's more likely for you to fall off because don't we all want to be healthy but most of us eat whatever you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. i think having that animal the animal conviction the human rights because it's not even just animals it's humans as well because when we grow food for animal consumption, we take away for from people who can be eating that food. And we can truly eliminate world hunger if we shifted that and, you know, give food to people instead of animals. We're, we're actually raising animals to kill them for food. You know what I mean? That's all we're doing. They're not just naturally here. So um, not all, of course, not all animals, but you know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just making it, 
making the lifestyle to me, making it accessible and approachable for the everyday person because um, a lot of times people are not even interested in doing this because they think that it's bland, it's boring, you can't have fun, <laughs> it's it's a too restrictive. And so just for me, it's all about making it something that is appealing for the everyday person. So, yeah. Yeah, that's why I, I love like I went on a tangent. <laughs> No, 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 you did it. That's why I love your podcast because it's so practical and I'm just listening like, oh, okay, I can actually do that. I can implement that. And I was actually telling my friend, I was like, oh gosh, I was like, I got to find some ve- some ways to veganize um, seafood because that's like the hardest thing for me to like let go of because that's like something I grew up on. And so I was like, yes. oh man, no crab cakes, no. And I'm like, oh man. So I was telling my friend, I was like, yeah, so by the end of the year, this is it. So I just been knocking things off day by day, but not just like I said, knocking off, been trying to find substitutes. So um, I looked up different like recipes. And like you said, people think it's bland. My issue is it's not even that it's bland. It's like, I've made like simple things. So I've done like the veggie crumbles with, well, now since I can't have bread, rice or pasta, I've done like veggie crumbles with like zucchini noodles and I'll make spaghetti. So I've Mm -hmm. done things like that, but I'm really trying to find, I have to like, I have to find the right seasonings and herbs because I haven't like mastered the, the taste behind some, some of the dishes that I like to create. So what has been like, what practical tips do you have for like making like vegan food? But like you said, not, it doesn't have to taste bland. So what tips do you have? Yeah, I mean, the first one is something that we all know. I mean, seasoning our food. We gotta, you got to take some of those same principles that you feel when it comes to like eating a standard American diet and applying that to vegan life. So, um, for instance, if you're somebody who wants to eat tofu, you wouldn't take the tofu out the pack and just, you know, fry it on the stove or put it in the oven. You want, you want to take some time with that. And so I just highly recommend that you just treat your meat substitute the same way that you would treat your meat if <laughs> you were eating meat. You know what I mean? Make sure you take the time to marinate your uh, tofu if you want to eat tofu or your tempeh or seitan. Make sure that you don't overcook it. All of the same basic, you know, principles when it comes to food. Um, I would also recommend just being open to experimenting in, in the kitchen because I know that was a concern for me. Uh, before I was vegan, I really didn't cook that much. So I would make like Kraft macaroni and cheese, you know, I would put some hamburger help on the stove, but it wasn't, it's a, it's a whole different mindset when you become vegan. I know we talked about that um, prior to recording this, but you have to kind of go into it differently. You are definitely cooking more of your food than you were before. It takes more time than before. So just getting comfortable in the kitchen if you're somebody who doesn't cook. And once you find recipes and methods that work for you, just continue to like expand on that. Continue to um, be open to doing that. So Pinterest is good. YouTube videos are really helpful. Just getting out there is what I would suggest because um you're going to always feel really nervous about it if you don't even try. <laughs> you have to try. And you have to be okay with failing, too, because I used to fail a lot in the kitchen, <laughs> a whole lot. <laughs> and you just have to be okay with just um, having the confidence to keep going despite that. Yeah. It's like one of the things that I want to make. So I recently got an air fryer, and I want to make, like, this popcorn cauliflower. Um, uh-huh. So that's, like, one of the dishes that I, I plan on trying. And I even think, like, in terms of, like, 
people. So there's like one of the things that I actually would like you to break down before I even go any further for in the most simple terms, like the difference, because I feel like veganism, I feel like it's levels to veganism because hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because I've been researching and looking at things and then it's like you have these alkaline vegans they're like all into Dr. Sebi and then uh-huh. you have vegan you know people who are vegans but like obviously alkaline is a bit different because they don't do like broccoli or cauliflower so like can you for the person who does not understand what the difference is can you explain it yeah um so I don't really know all of the different names for it but there are so many like you said levels to this uh so I would I consider myself a practical vegan so I love salads. I love smoothies. I love healthy food overall, right? I love fruits and vegetables. I love eating raw food. However, I'm also somebody who loves some vegan ice cream and I love chips and I love all of the junky food. I love to go to the vegan festivals and eat vegan fried chicken and all that type of stuff. I love that. So for me, I consider myself a practical vegan. So I do a little bit of both. Um, cause it just works for me long term. When I used to try to be really restrictive, like you said, the alkaline, that to me didn't work personally, but I know there's a lot of people that do it. So uh, I guess I would be somebody that's considered in the middle. The alkaline people, I guess, on the uh, hierarchy, are they at the top, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they're at the top. And uh, a drug food vegan would be somebody, I guess, I don't want to say top and bottom because that just sounds really bad, but I guess um, – a junk food vegan would be somebody who probably doesn't eat any greens. They don't probably like vegetables. They eat French fries and Fritos. And <laughs> so it is levels to it. But I also understand for somebody who is brand new how overwhelming it can be because there's so many different voices. I started in 2010. So this was like pre-Instagram. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of people doing this. And I just had to really figure out my own way. And so I think that was a good thing for me because I just read a lot of books and I just felt did what felt right. And these days, because there's so many voices out there, so much social media, so many blogs, that it can be, you know, a little daunting to figure out what to do. And I just highly suggest that um, you figure out what, what, what feels good for you and your lifestyle, because. If I didn't have a family, I probably would just be eating, like, <laughs> cereal every day. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even really think much of it. But um, because I have a family, that also is a different dynamic because I can't get away with just giving them a bowl, a bowl of vegetables. Now, these days, I probably could kind of get away with that because we've been doing it for a long time. But in those early days, I could not get away with giving them a bowl of vegetables because they were just like, that sounds real good, but I'm not eating this. <laughs> I'm not eating it. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's levels to how this looks, but I think it's really important to figure out what feels good to you and rock with that. And you can always make changes as you go. But I think that if you're someone who is eating like, I guess, quote unquote, unhealthy right now, like all you eat is fast food, then I don't think it's wise to try to be an alkaline vegan the next day. It's okay to just gradually, you know, make recipes, try vegan restaurants near you you know, trying to incorporate more fruits and vegetables and then grow from there. Don't feel like everything has to happen overnight. Because even though I've been on this journey for a long time, I'm nowhere near where I know I can be, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Because when I think about like alkaline vegans, I always think like, oh my God, I'm like, it's so extreme. I'm like, wait, so they don't eat any hybrid fruit. So that's like potatoes. It's like broccoli cauliflower um 
So I'm like, wait, how, like, so I'm like, wait, this is a lot. Then I'm like, you also have to change too, like how you're shopping because you yes. then you have to go to like specialty stores or like farmer's markets and like getting other types of, you know, vegetables and fruits. Cause obviously I know that there are so many other types of fruits and vegetables that I have not been exposed to and it's very limited. So I was just like, okay, I'm not saying that maybe I can eventually get there, but let me just try to take these baby steps. And I think in terms of, in terms of like, as far as like veganizing different meals, I think the other part of it, what I have done as far as like what has made me, like I said, want to change my diet is like, how do the foods that I eat, how do they impact my mental health? And everyone knows, like, yeah. I'm always going to have a mental health tie into it because of, you know, the nature of not just the podcast, but because of my personal story. Um, and like a lot of people don't realize, like when we're feeling like if we're feeling sad or maybe even depressed, we often go to those the cookies and the ice cream. And, yeah, it feels yep. good. It feels like a warm hug, as my friend would put it. But at the same time, or we may drink alcohol, but it's like, okay, what is that stuff? What is all that sugar? What is that doing to your body? What is the alcohol? What is that doing to your liver? Like, and so like depression, you know, it's not only a disease, but like a plant-based diet study shows has been, it can help to lower the risk of depression. Now that's not to say like, it's going to completely eliminate it, but I'm like, if, yes, if I'm going to say is, something on next. <laughs> Because I, I have, I've had, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was like 20 years old. And I've, and I've been a vegan since 2010 and I still uh, suffer from the depression. And so sometimes like statements like that kind of, sometimes I feel like they're, they're counter, they're counterproductive. They don't really help people who are suffering from these, you know, uh, mental illness. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will say that when my diet is in line, I, I do feel better when I eat like more live foods and things like that. But it's kind of like when people say if you're a vegan, it automatically you don't get cancer. It just—it's kind of like uh, mm. a few examples of that maybe. Yeah, a few examples of that may be true, but overall, I don't like statements like that because if, if somebody, like I said, who has been diagnosed with that, I'm just like, damn, I'm still, I'm still dealing with that, you know. But I will say that I do feel better when I eat better. So. I mean, yeah, it doesn't yeah, completely no. mm -hmm. it doesn't completely get rid of it by any means, but I do. But yeah, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. I, that's that's a good. no, that's a great point that you brought up because I always said for me, like, I, like I was telling my friend, it's not that I'm going to not get cancer because I've been transitioning my diet. It's not that because it's going to make the depression go away. But for me, my hope is if I can decrease my chances of getting certain things, then I feel like, why not for me? Right. Um, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. But I was just going to say, I think the other part of it for me is like, not just like the decreasing part, but then it's like, not when you even, let's say we even take away the mental illness piece, but like, just like the foods that we eat that will help give our body energy. Like, and the other yeah. foods that, that drain us. Like, if you eat eating fried chicken or like all the, you know, fried foods and like heavy uh, mashed potatoes loaded with like milk and cheese and all this stuff, like we tend to feel weighed down and like much heavier. That's why we talk about the itis, like, oh, I need to go to sleep because I done ate too much of these Absolutely. really heavy foods. 
So what were you going to say? No, I was saying I hope I totally agree with you. Absolutely. That's so true. That and it just weighs down on you. Live food just makes you feel better, more, you know, more energized. Absolutely. Yeah. And I notice a difference too. Like when I go to work out, so typically I know this is not everybody's ministry, but I have for the past four months, um, almost four months. I, yes, four months. I have been getting up at 445 in the morning and I have been going to a 515 a.m. workout class. Part of it is because the gym is literally right around the corner and takes three minutes for me to drive there. So I think that mm-hmm. makes it easier for me to get up and go. Um, the other part of it is that I knew that having the procedure was not uh, so it wasn't like a solution. There's still no such thing as a quick fix, whether somebody decides to do it naturally or do it with, you know, the help of the procedure. There's still it's still going to require a, of a shift, a mindset shift in my mind so that I can make those changes. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like one of the things that I do, people know my phone goes on do not disturb automatically at 9 p.m. because of the simple fact that I have to get up really early. And I made those changes, you know, in my life because I see how like when I'm eating certain things and I'm taking care of my mental health and I'm going to therapy at one point, you know, taking my medication for my mental illness. I'm in the process of being weaned off my medication because I'm in a much better space. I'm in the best space that I've ever been in my entire life. So I was like. So now I was just like, yeah, like this is I never had the goal of like wanting to be on my medication for the rest of my life. But at one point for me, I did need it because I stopped functioning. I wasn't eating. I wasn't showering. I was just like I was just in a very bad space. And so now that Mm -hmm. I'm doing so much better, I've advocated for myself. And my therapist is like, yeah, you know, I agree. I I think you can work with the psychiatrist to, you know, if this is something that you want to do. You you've really learned. You've become extremely self-aware. You have implemented um, healthy coping strategies. And so that has really helped me. And I think also, you know, what I want you to speak to, you brought this up earlier when you talked about how people think because someone is a vegan, they're like, oh, they're naturally healthy. But people don't realize there's actually vegan junk food, too. Can you talk about that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, ma'am. There's a lot, a lot of vegan junk food. And I know for myself, with, as far as with depression, and you were saying how it makes you want to eat awful. And that's so true. That's when I eat like pints of vegan ice cream and I eat chips and it's so easy to be a junk food vegan because especially these days um all the companies have some type of vegan variation of something that we can eat i mean you can even have uh doritos which i think is what is it the spicy doritos i think that's what the one in the purple bag those are vegan technically you know what i mean lay plain potato chips are vegan so it's very very easy to get caught up in a lot of that and i totally agree with you about the fact that like switching up your routine and incorporating like vegan meals and all of that changed um, your life. And that's so important. I just, I guess sometimes I just get a little nervous because um, sometimes about the thing that I notice about veganism is people think it's, it's all healing and it changes everything. And it's, I think much more than food. Food is a part of it, but like you, with your routine, you change things up. You're making sure that you get what you need. That's another step that you have to take. It can't just be the food. Cause I know there's plenty of people who eat well, but they're very toxic individuals. They're not very good people. So we know <laughs> that it's not going to just, it's not going to change everything right away. So yeah, it's very, very easy to be a junk food vegan, especially because I feel like 
what a lot of us were so busy and it's just easy to just grab something and not actually take the time and just cook our food and make sure that there's enough to eat the next day. It, it takes time to do that type of thing. So, girl, yeah, it's so easy to get junk food vegan. <laughs> and so I, easy. so I actually tried, um, I tried the, you know, the Just brand. Uh huh. So I tried their eggs in the the bottle, and my I was sending it to I my friends. I actually liked it, and I I had sent it to really? my friends. Yeah, I liked it. And so my friends were like, um, I don't think I would buy it often because, first of all, it's like $8 for one bottle. So I'm like, uh, that's kind of pricey. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I, but I just wanted to try it because I kept looking at like all these pictures and I was like, oh, I really want to try it. So, and, but they also have a brand which I know that I most likely will, it will maybe be a treat. I don't know how often, but the Just brand, they have cookie dough and their cookie oh, dough, you. <laughs> Yes, you can not only just eat the cookie dough raw because you don't got to worry about salmonella with the eggs and all that stuff, but you can also obviously still bake the cookies too. So I had some for the first time and I was like, oh my God, this is so good. And I was like, see, people think you can't get, you can't get caught up. And that's not to say I'm going to eat a, 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 you know, a, a tub of like the cookie dough every single day. But I say that to say like, just because someone's vegan doesn't necessarily mean that they're healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of that, yeah, that brand overall is good. I haven't tried the eggs yet. I'm going to try those. I'm actually going to do a YouTube video on those. But when it comes to like their cookie dough, their mayo is really good. Have you had that? I haven't it's tried really the mayo yet. Like I heard that they, so they have a Chipotle brand. So they have, okay, I haven't tried the Chipotle uh, mayo, but I tried their plain one and it's really good. And now you like their uh, Chipotle, they have a dressing. Like a salad dressing. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. <laughs> they have a Chipotle one, and I like that one. They also make a ranch one, but it doesn't remind me of the ranch that I grew up on. So I only get it if I have no choice. But yeah, their Chipotle dressing is the salad dressing is really good. Ooh, I have some new stuff that I'm gonna try. I get excited about trying different things. I'm like, oh, I could try that. So I've I've been wanting to try the the mayo. I've done fell in love with the cookie with the cookie dough. Oh gosh, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm like, this stuff gonna get me in trouble. But I've um, but yeah, I've definitely just trying diff- different things. And I think um, one of the things that I think pe- a lot of people are concerned about. I remember I went to a training and I was talking to a lady, and she was telling me that. Um, cause I was just telling her how I had lost like 55 pounds in the past six months. I lost like 15 pounds before surgery. And then like, after like total before and after it's been like 55 and I had told her, she's like, well, what did you do? And I was like, well, I was like, I was honest. I was like, well, I had the sleeve, but I also like changed my diet cause I'm transitioning. And she was like, I, I this gets under my skin when people say this and you're probably going to be like, yes. She's like, so make sure you get your protein. I'm like, ma'am, you know that vegetables <laughs> have protein. So how, like for people who are concerned about that, they're like, oh my gosh, if I don't eat meat, I'm not going to get my protein. I'm like, do y'all know that vegetables have proteins? Like the dark leafy greens have protein. And like what I do with my smoothies, I do an unsweetened, unsweetened protein powder. And I put that in there from Tra- Trader Joe's. And mm-hmm. I, the unsweetened protein powder, uh, unsweetened pea protein powder is what I put um, because like the other proteins, they're kind of like milk based. So like um, I, I do that. I also use put add chia seeds in there. I do spinach. I do kale. All that stuff has protein in it. So can you yep. help me dispel this myth about if you become vegan, that you're not going to have protein? 
Yeah, I mean, I get it, though. I get why people think that, because we have been conditioned to think, okay, the only protein you can get is from eggs and steak and chicken. So that kind of goes to one of the struggles that I had when I first started is putting a meal together. I think maybe that comes with why some people are concerned about it, because we're so used to the meat being the center of our plate. We don't think of, like, beans and tofu and things like that have being sources of protein. So, yeah, you'll get all the protein you need. To me, I think more of the concern will make sure that you get B12. I think that's more of a concern than protein because if you eat a variety of food, you're going to get your daily your daily supply of protein. So the B12, I usually take a supplement or I use nutritional yeast. I like sprinkle that on my salad or I'll eat it in like a sauce or something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm more concerned for me, especially for black folks. I think we should be more concerned about B12 and vitamin D, making sure we're getting that. But the protein thing, I would not worry about that. I've never heard anybody having a protein deficiency. Have you? <laughs> Cause I've never heard. <laughs> I always hear vitamin, uh, vitamin D. And it's funny. I was taking a B12 supplement and I got my blood work done. And the doctor was like, are you taking B12 uh, supplements? I was like, yes. He was like, you're above average. You can um, slow down on them right now. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, you don't need to take it every day. You can probably take it once or twice a week. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't, I hear the protein thing too. But I mean, I, I, I don't, I used to roll my eyes at it because I thought it was weird. But then I was like, no, I actually get why people question that because we, like I said, we grew, most of us grew up learning that, okay, you need your protein from meat you know, animal sources. And so getting getting it from, you know, some beans or some quinoa, that's like, what? That's crazy. Well, how are we going to do that? So, yeah. And the thing, too, about the dark leafy vegetables, I think it's, it's other vegetables as well. Like, I think there's even protein in, like, mushrooms. You know, it's, like, everything. Mm-hmm. Was that a fungi? Yeah, mushrooms. But there's a little bit of everything. I think there's even a little bit of Protein and carrots, it's, it's all over. So I wouldn't worry about the protein as much. You know, as long as you're eating a variety of food, you'll get what you need. Yeah, and I think, too, to add to that, to talk about, I think you kind of hinted on that. You briefly mentioned it. If there's anything else you want to mention as far as, like, any people who may think that they're going to be deficient in something. As far as what do you do to make sure that you're not deficient in the nutrients that you need for your body? Um, I guess it kind of goes back to what I was saying about making sure that I eat a variety. I don't, I try not to just eat the same thing every day, even though it's kind of easy to do in the beginning because you're not really sure what to eat. <laughs> um, just making sure that you're re- truly, like people say, eating the rainbow, like truly eating the rainbow. Um, as far as I know, I haven't never had any deficiencies when I like go get my blood work and I do all of the things that I need to do annually. I never had anything come back to tell me that. So maybe I guess in my situation, I just never really thought about it too much because my doctor never said anything. And another thing is I've never told my doctor that I was vegan. I just kind of went in and see what happens um, as far as the blood work. So to be honest, I really don't really have anything to say about that because it's not relatable to my situation, but I would recommend just eating a a variety of fruits and vegetables and grains and nuts and seeds and you should be able to get what you want but it's crazy because when you do become vegan everybody in your life is all of all of a sudden a nutritionist <laughs> they're like <laughs> when you were eating mcdonald's every day nobody questioned your food but then when you're vegan they're like girl you're gonna die like what's going on like why did you do that <laughs> yeah i just yeah just do what works for you and then just make 
um, shifts. The cool thing is you can just like go to Google. If there's something that you feel like you're missing and you just Google, it'll tell you where to get like plant-based sources of certain things. Like sometimes people say they have issues with iron. And I mean, you can take a supplement for that. Also, as far as I know, you can put like a black strap. Is it backstrap molasses? You can put that in your smoothie and that'll help you get the iron. You can eat oatmeal. So there's so many different sources of plants that you can get what you eat from. And uh, yeah, supplements are abundant. We know they're all over the place, so you can get what you need. Yeah, but that, make sure you take a B12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a great tip. That's a great tip as far as like supplements, but also getting it from the foods that you have. And I always make sure, like, okay, I'm doing my best. And since I'm still very like early in the journey, I have like tried. I mean, I've tried some of the like the substitutes. I haven't like made like um tofu yet because I'm trying to figure out I mean I know I'm just gonna have to do it but like I don't like the consistency like the chewy type consistency I want something like with the crunch and I know you can do it with tofu because I've seen like YouTube videos but I'm like mine's not gonna come out like that um but it's only I'll have to try and so do you add um, the sauce after you fry it or is that because I noticed that it doesn't it's not gonna be crunchy if you add sauce to it after you fry it because the sauce no, is going to make it a little soft. Uh-huh. I haven't, like, I've never cooked um, tofu, but I've been afraid to because I'm like, I don't want the, I don't like the chewy, like, I don't like the consistency. So I've always been mm-hmm. afraid to cook it. Yeah. Tofu is one of those things that it, I would recommend. Have you ever had it? Like, have you had it at a restaurant? No, I haven't. I've, okay. I've had, I've had like the. Say, no, I was just going to say I had like the, I remember one time going to a, it was like a Mexican restaurant and they had like the veggie crumbles, like, um, but that was probably like, but that's not tofu. So no, I haven't had it, but I just know like the, I, I don't even know. I just, it's not like I personally know the consistency, but I know other people who have had it and they talk about it and I'm just like, oh no, I just know I don't like consistency like that. So I'm like, if I make it, how can I make it to be a little crunchy? Yeah, you would have to fry it to make it if you want it crunchy. And you said you were talking about the air fryer earlier, so that sounds perfect for that. I haven't, I actually haven't used an air fryer yet, so I don't know how that necessarily works. But I know people who do put their tofu in an air fryer, so I would recommend making sure that you press the block of tofu by like the firm tofu in the block in the box. It's a, not a box, but it's it is a box, I guess. And it has water in it. You just drain the water out, and then you press the tofu. You can, I have a tofu express that I got from Amazon and it is amazing. So what I do is I just put my block of tofu in there and it presses it overnight for me. So the next day it's half the size and I take it out and um, chop it up, season it, uh, put it in the marinade if I need to. Um, And then if you want it to be uh, crunchy, you would have to deep fry it. And based on everything I've ever done with it, that's the only way to get that that texture that you want, that crunchiness, is by deep frying. And I don't, I don't know if you really want to deep fry. Yeah, no, because <laughs> that, that would kind of defeat the no, purpose no, you of don't me really. trying to. <laughs> well, I mean, right, air fryer, though. The air fryer, yeah, the air fryer may work for that. Because that would make sense. Because I know people do, like, french fries and other things in there. So it would make sense to be able to put tofu in there, too. But and just season it up, and it should be good. You got me thinking how I need to get an air fryer because I love fried food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um I put some veggie nuggets in there the other day and they came out so good and crunchy. I was like, ooh, 
So one of the brands that I really do like, I love Beyond Meat. Mm-hmm. Um, I love their their burgers. Like you can even like put them like on a grill. Like, you know, yeah. like I was like, if people are, you had to cook out and I was like, that's always going to be weird. So I asked my friend, I'm like, so what made you want to go back to eating meat? And she's like, well, when I go to cookouts and stuff, everyone's eating like, so I'm like, listen, if I'm going to a cookout, I'm just about to bring me a pack of um, Beyond Burgers. I'm like, look, <laughs> or no, either have bring, 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 everything else. <laughs> and be like, either, th- either I'm going to do this or either I'm going to uh, make my burgers before I come. And then I'll just, you know, make my own plate and maybe, you know, I could have the salad and other things. But I think it's, you know, it, it does take as far as like with, you know, transitioning for me, because I'm not a vegan yet, but like, I realize it does just go into the prep work. So like meal prepping is a huge thing and it's usually hard. And I realize like if I don't meal prep, it's really challenging for me to figure out, like, say if I'm at a client's office and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to eat? Like, I usually try to Google, like, I'm like, where's the closest uh, kava? Because I'm like, that's something I know that. Yeah, kava, right. (laughs) There's an app, too, that you can use if you're, like, if you're not near your house or, or in an area that you know. It's called Happy Cow. If you use that app, you put the zip code in, it will tell you where all of the vegan-friendly options are near you. That is so helpful. When I travel, I use that all the time. But I think being, like, a social vegan in the beginning, and even sometimes now, is hard because there are, thing, there are things that I remember that I used to, like, you were talking about the seafood. Like, seafood is a, a major trigger for me because that reminds me so much of growing up and eating seafood with my family. My dad will always make us seafood. He still does that. <laughs> he still makes seafood um, at the, my parents at their house. And oh, so just socially, it can be the most challenging. But I would recommend using that app. And then also, like you mentioned before we started recording, having snacks like layer. I always have, like, layer bars and bananas in my car. <laughs> So that I'm not, I'm not caught slipping. I, I'm already prepared to be able to, you know, eat the kind of food that I know that I can have. So always, like, I think sometimes it takes a while to get used to, like, the mindset, mindset shift of, okay, I got to be ready. I got to stay ready so I don't have to get ready kind of attitude. Because most of us are just so used to just eating whatever out of convenience. You know, we're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we don't think about it. Especially when we get busy. So, yeah, I think that takes some time. You know, you have to cook out and you have nothing to eat. But beyond, and then field roast, they have products, too, that you can put on a grill uh, that make life a lot easier. You know, you can make, you can actually bring a dish to the cookout. I mean, don't be bringing nothing that's going to cause you to get cussed out. But <laughs> <laughs> bring something that you can share. You know, bring something to share to the cookout. You can do that. Something but, that people, um, people won't even, they'll be like, oh, this is good. They wouldn't even be able to tell that it's vegan. And they're like, oh, wow, this is good versus bringing something. they like, if you don't get that out of here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how it is. So, yeah, just um, always like have, making sure, for instance, when I would go to any type of event and I knew that there was probably not going to be anything for me, I would eat before I left. And then. I would even go as far as thinking about what I'm going to eat after I leave there. Like, okay, Chipotle is down the street from this place. I'm going to grab Chipotle on the way because I know I'm going to be hungry again. So, like I said, it does take time to get used to some of those things. And I think that's why a lot of people quit because they're like, man, this is hard. But it just takes time. We have to just give ourselves that, that grace. And if you, you know, you do eat something that's not vegan, it's not the end of the world, 
just continue on your journey despite that because it's so easy to get caught up in like, well, I mean, I had a day and I ate chicken today, so I'm not going to be vegan. I guess I'm not vegan anymore. Let me just go ahead back to eating the way I was. It doesn't have to be that way. Just do whatever works best for your situation. And you don't necessarily have to be a vegan. Just make changes every day that will improve how you eat food. You know, add an extra vegetable to your plate. Uh, instead of eating a vending machine food at work, make sure you have your snacks from home that you can eat. So, yeah, some of that, it just takes time, but it's worth it. Yeah, that's that's a great those are great tips because that's something that I've gradually been doing. And so it's interesting, like when I had went to my cousin's house and they were cooking, I think, hamburgers and french fries. So I I didn't know that they would be cooking, but I just happened to have my food with me and I had spaghetti with me because. And and they were like, that's spaghetti. And I'm like, yeah, it's spaghetti. It's just, you know, zucchini noodles and the veggie crumbles. And so and they were like, oh, you know, it, not realizing like, oh, I can actually veganize some of my favorite things. One of the hardest things, like I said, for me is, is cheese. And so what I have done is I have told myself, instead of, instead of like, you know, the whole cold turkey thing, I limit it to, okay, you, Takiya, you can pick, if you, if you have to have cheese, you can pick one week out of the month that you can have it. So like this month, I didn't have cheese at all, but because it's been like a, it's been like a gradual thing. So it's, you know, and last month and, you know, I did, but it was like, okay, how can you do these things opposed to just like, you know, doing the whole cold turkey thing, which is probably a bad analogy considering we're talking about it's like oats that's probably not a good analogy um but <laughs> I think you know it's instead of do making trying to make these drastic measures just doing little things over time and then over time you'll start to see like wow I've made little changes over time that um at in the end you'll be like oh wow now I'm completely vegan and I just kind of you know substitute and took things out here and there and that that's truly what has worked for me and um yeah I would have never thought like I remember I made the first time I made a meatless meatloaf so I was so excited I had used um the veggie crumbles and I used the I put uh, chia seeds in there like oatmeal but I also used chickpeas and I like made it and it looked like a meatloaf but of course it wasn't a meatloaf and I had took a picture and I was like on FaceTime showing my mom and I was like so excited and it it came out really good and so my mom was like listen that is not a meatloaf just call it a veggie loaf I said I I said it was a meatless meatloaf I said I didn't say it was a meatloaf. I said it was meatless, and she's like, "No, it's a veggie loaf." And I'm like, "You know what? You risk raining on my parade. I'm all excited about this dish I made, and you like, no, it's not a meatloaf." But I mean, yeah, that has definitely helped. And so I think before we wrap up, it's just really just if you can just if you had to. I mean, we kind of talked about a lot of them throughout the interview, but like if there were like just three quick tips that you could give to people, what would those three tips be? So if you are somebody who wants to go vegan, I would suggest that you make that decision to go vegan because to me that was so powerful, making that decision. Okay, this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to do it. And I would even take the next step and write that down. Like, what is this life going to look like for you? Why do you even want to be vegan in the first place? Because it's not going to be easy all the time. Like you, like I was talking about as being a social vegan, it's not going to be easy all the time. So 
um, getting very clear about why you're doing it and deciding to do it, I think is is a really, really, really um, important step that you have to take in order to make this a long-term journey for yourself. Uh, I would also suggest that you find out where all of the vegan options are that are close to your house. Um, that was so helpful for me in the beginning, and it's still helpful for me these days when I get busy. So what I mean by that is where is maybe you live near a Whole Foods and you can eat off the hot bar. They have, like, vegan options there. Maybe there's some vegan restaurants near you so that you can grab food on the way home if you need to. Um, I would even find out where the vegan-friendly places are, even if it's not a vegan restaurant, where, but a place that has, like, a menu that you know you can order something off of because I think one of the reasons why people – don't stay consistent is because they get busy and they don't plan and then they feel like they failed and then they don't keep going. But you just have to be proactive. So I highly recommend being proactive. And I guess kind of a, a tip that goes along with that one would be um, when you cook your meals, plan for leftovers um, because that will save you so much time and money when you do that. Let's see. Is that three steps? I don't know. Yes, that's those are, yes, that's three tips. Those are, yeah, those that's are three right, tips. Okay. And I, I, I guess I'll add a... I keep going. I don't know no, how to the... keep going, but I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> no, those are three tips. I think I, I'm going to add another one, and I'm going to say follow vegans on social media. Like, I have literally been following vegans on, um, I mean, majority of them are black. I, I just have a thing for like black people because I'm black. So that has helped me because I, it's like, it's, it's, I become inspired. I'd be like, Oh, look what they made. Maybe I can try that. And so I'm looking forward to exploring a little bit more. Um, I, my go-to has been smoothies in the morning just because it's so easy to make. And one, it tastes really good. I found a smoothie recipe that really worked for me and I really enjoy it. And so I've been like, look, if it's not broke, don't fix it. When I get from the gym, I already know what smoothie I'm going to have. So that has, and then I, that's also my breakfast. So it knocks out one of the, you know, one of the meals for me. So, and before you go, I have to get you to share, you know, your blog and your social media handles and your podcast. If anyone's interested in learning more about you or veganism and just wanting to connect with you. Yes. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. This was a good conversation. Uh, so I'm Brown Vegan everywhere. So Brown Vegan on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. My podcast is called Brown Vegan. So all you have to do is just search that on um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. And my website is brownvegan.com. So I just kind of made sure I got everything that was Brown Vegan just to make life easy. <laughs> and yeah, just hang out with me. I just help uh, everyday people transition in a way that feels good to them. I try to keep things very practical so that there really is no excuse that people, you know, people can't stop. They can't start incorporating some of these tips into their lives. And so that's my goal is just to make it accessible for everyday people. Oh, thank you so much, Monique. Like, I really enjoyed this conversation. I really did. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. So that wraps up another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast. Thank you all for listening. And again, I want to remind you to please leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast. And then also tomorrow, May 14th, my book will be available. Please get your copy. Please, when you read it, please leave your reviews on Amazon. Help me reach my goal of selling 100 books or more. 
in the first 30 days. Tell your friend, get a copy for yourself, get a copy for your friend, get a copy for your mama. And I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, and then also, uh, like I said, I'll keep you guys posted on events where I'll be having book signings. So if you want to get your book signed, uh, you can do that too. So I'll keep you posted on events. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your support. You have a blessed week and I'll talk to you next week. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health. But please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.